Good morning, everybody. I've gotten louder since I was here last. It's good to be with you all. I know uh, quite a lot of faces in the room. There's plenty of people who I don't know, don't recognise. Those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm Dan. I'm, as I said, I'm part of the church in Great Yarmouth. Been there the last six years or so, serving as uh, an elder there for several of those, along with Adam and Darren. Um, my first wife and I, Ali, uh, moved out from here back in 2017 um, and uh, prayed for us and sent us out. As many of you know, Ali died in 2019. And again, just want to say thank you so much for your prayers and support and your kindness. It's so appreciated by us, by the children. The children are doing well. Um, you're, I'm sure you hear about them from Goff and Angie. But we are we're enjoying being over there. I've, I've been back periodically, um, but not really been certainly here speaking on a Sunday for quite some time. I've uh, been, been back hearing about the church, though. I was, I was here for a chunk of lockdown uh, along living with Goff and Angie and um, staying with parents. Uh, back to, to woo and marry Hannah, uh, my lovely wife, who's come to join us and is a huge blessing. Uh, so we do hear about you guys and what's going on. We do keep praying for you all. We love the church here very much. And a couple of things I wanted to share today. One was kind of news from the East, which TK and Vimbai have brought brilliantly. And those of you who were around when Steve Hope went over to City West, you'll remember that whenever he came back to preach here, it was like, hey, come and visit. Come on, why don't you come over to City? So I feel like there's some license to just say, if you feel God is staring your heart towards Great Yarmouth, then, you know, we don't, we don't take those things lightly. We don't go on a whim, but we belong to Jesus. Our lives are his to command as he desires. And so if, if you do feel some sense of that, then you're welcome to come join us, welcome to talk to us. Uh, we'd love to talk things through with you. As well, I would like to speak today about devotion uh, to God, uh, kind of in line with some of the things that we've been singing about, hearing about already this morning. Uh, people who are full of devotion to the God who has made us, who saved us, and uh, I'm also going to share a poem with you. I'm concerned that you've not had enough poetry since I've been away, so just to make sure. Uh, and, and it's really just to encourage you along the similar lines. Speak about devotion and then speak about what's the hope that we're looking forward to. Our devotion is worth it. And on a Goff's book recently, Hope Wins, speaking along very similar lines, looking at the hope that we have got in Jesus. So... We will read from Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It should come up uh, on one of the slides, I think, but uh, you can turn to that in your Bibles as well if you'd like. So this is speaking about the, the first church, really, the early church after Jesus had returned to heaven. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I was given license to speak on anything this morning. I know you're going through Romans at the moment. Uh, I just want to focus on that first verse, really. They devoted themselves to apostles' teaching, the, the word of God, to fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. And how 
we can devote ourselves to anything in life. You can devote yourself to Mary Berry. You can have a life that's dedicated to the avoidance of soggy bottoms. You can uh, devote yourself to, to running, to sport, athletics. It always comes with a cost, doesn't it? Truly devote yourself to something, it, it comes at a cost. And uh, you know, if there's a genuine devotion, there are other interests that are going to be laid aside. Even very powerful interests like cake or bed. And devotion flows, I think, most out of passion, genuine conviction. So there's a love of a thing. There's a, there's a conviction in you that it's truly worthwhile to give yourself to it, or you won't. So if you look at like an elite marathon runner, there's real passion for the sport that they're involved in. There's a, a conviction that this is worth spending their time on. There's a love of the thing itself. There's a belief that it's truly worthwhile, that they desire to excel, they desire to break records, they desire to, to feel that thrill of running and to, uh, you know, maybe to come first, maybe to, uh, to win the medal. And you see them when at the Olympic Games, you've got like elite athletes, maybe not the archers because they don't really look tired out, but someone's just finished like 10,000 meters or, the, or the, like one of the cycling road races or something and they're just exhausted, completely spent. And the interviewers are saying, you know, you won. Are you going to be back in four years? And they're like, I don't know, because like, this is grueling because the training is such hard work. And yet so often, four years later, there they are. Because they're, they're devoted to this thing. They're giving themselves to it. They, they see it as worthwhile. They've been gripped by it. And this is, the, this is the also to the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. This is the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 20 when he's speaking to the elders in Ephesus. He may not see them again, but he's saying to them, only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. This is the life of faith in Jesus. It's not merely learning how we ought to behave and then striving to live up to that. It's having our breath taken away by the beauty of God and his glory. The, the songs that we've been singing this morning, the majesty of God, to see him in his outrageous beauty, in his incomparable strength and majesty, to see his exquisite tenderness, to see the, the wonder of his holiness, to see uh, the way that he not only loves us, but he died to make us lovely and so that we might have eternal life with him. See how he restores hope and heals the deepest pain. We see his unbreakable will, his unwavering commitment to us that led him to torture and death on a cross to crucifixion so that he might die in our place and we might go free from the consequences of our sin and disobedience. His undeserved mercy to people like us, his raising us to life, his setting us to work in his kingdom for his glory and for our good. It's not God's intention just that we'd learn how to behave. It's his good pleasure that we would get to know him better. And that in knowing him, we would increasingly desire what we ought to desire. 
that our hearts would become devoted to what they ought to be devoted to. That we'd be so completely won over by him and his goodness that and I don't know what he was able to do through us if we let him, that there's an overriding passion for his kingdom to come and for his will to be done that takes root in us. There's a passion and a conviction that blooms into devotion to God, to his ways, to what matters to him. And for those here this morning who already believe you already belong to Jesus, my encouragement to you is to be more devoted still, to see God more clearly, to know and love him better, to have your life more given over to devotion to those who don't yet know him. Maybe you're exploring my encouragement to you is that you would put your trust in Jesus, that he is truly worth it. He is the only one who can give you eternal life. He's the only one who can take away guilt and shame. He's the only one that can save you. He's the only one worth devoting your life to. And he'll never let you down. And in part, these things come to us. This is like a dawning understanding of who God is, a growing devotion, growing desire for what we ought to desire. It comes through the Holy Spirit in us. Who here has been filled with the Holy Spirit? Many hands, many nods, I'm sure. Many who also may be a bit unsure. And I just want to encourage you. God has absolutely promised if you ask him, he will fill you with his spirit. If you're one of his followers and you ask your father to give you the spirit, he will absolutely do it. (laughs) My encouragement to you today is to do so. Whether now, after the meeting, to, to ask for that. We need the spirit in our lives. The better we know God, the less that all the kind of cheap distractions Will attract us away. The better we know and love God, the less that cheap entertainment and pleasure that's divorced from God's will will have any appeal to us, the more that we'll desire what we ought to desire. Like the athlete who's willing to forego comfort, who's willing to fast, uh, we're, we're willing to disciple, uh, to discipline ourselves, to come under God's discipline. If only we might live the kind of life that he says we ought to, and that he says is possible if we trust him. If only we could see the kind of life in the world, that more of his kingdom coming to life in the world around us, that the way that he speaks about in the Bible, the way he tells us he means to do, here in Norwich, over in Yarmouth, to the ends of the earth, we want to see it. He asks devotion of us. And so together, as we see God for the, the absolute, glorious, wonderful Savior, Father that he is, and as the Spirit makes the word come alive to us and, and causes our hearts to change, we together devote ourselves. We devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, to uh, what we now have as the word of God, as the Bible. And for all that our culture would say, truth kind of shifts and, and what's true is what the majority of people believe. All this, we believe that there are fundamental spiritual truths that never change. Why would the fundamental truths of the universe change? And we believe that they've been given to us by God, written down for us in the pages of the Bible. We've got to treasure it. We devote ourselves to it. Above all, this is how God speaks to us. Clearly, daily, this is how God speaks to us the most clearly of all. And so we want to read it. The word strengthens us as we read it. It teaches us what God's like and who we're to be in light of that, encourages us. We desire to read it because we desire to know him better. And because it has all that we need for us to run the race well. 
And as we read it, we come to love God better still as it reveals him to us. We come to desire more what we ought to. We read it together because we learn more together, because some struggle to read, they, they need others around them who can help them. We, younger, those younger in the faith need those who've got a bit more experience to help them get drawn into this, to understand the great story of the Bible, to find their way through it. And we learn more together. We miss things when we're alone that we might not see when we're gathered. And so be devoted to this. Make time for it. Are you making time for it in life groups? Are you making time for it in coffee shops and in your families around the table? Are you making time for the word and devoting yourself to it? Will you give up a bit of sleep or a bit of TV that you might get to know God better? We devote ourselves to fellowship because we're made to need one another. Because our society has an epidemic of loneliness and the church is meant to set forth a better way of living. We devote ourselves to opening our homes in a radical way. Families, are there single people in the church who have a key to your house? Are there folks in the church who are welcome to come and go as they please? For all that we love to shut out all the bothersome people and love to just have some time to ourselves and shut the doors, yet he tells us to practice hospitality and we desire to obey him because he is Lord. Because unity is precious. And it grows when we spend time together with his help. Are you making time for hospitality in life groups, in running partners, in in opening your homes to people? We are living in a culture where this is increasingly countercultural. Having an open home, being welcoming. Friends, this is part of your beautiful rebellion against that culture. It's part of your obedience to Christ. We devote ourselves to the breaking of bread. Because everything that we have is a gift of grace, is it not? Because we need reminding that we were guilty, that we were destined for God's wrath with no way out. But we have been saved by the blood of the God-man, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Because we need reminding that Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Because everything in our lives has got to be shaped around the gospel because the world is no longer our home. And we devote ourselves to prayer, to speaking with God, to bearing our souls to him, to listening to his voice as he speaks to us through the Bible and through the spirit, to chattering away to God and thanking God and praising him and pleading with him for the things that we long to see come about. to taking God at his word, to asking for his power, to asking for his peace, for his comfort, asking for the spirit to fill us, to dwell in us just as he promised. We do it on our own. We do it together because we need to teach each other how to pray and stir faith for prayer. We need to devote ourselves to these things. And because they are matters of devotion, they will all come at cost to many other things. There are many other things that we will need to lay down, many things that we need to die to, desires that we need to lay down for the sake of the gospel, to follow Jesus more faithfully. Things in our lives that desires, whether they're good desires that have gone too far, whether they're just bad desires we need to put to death, but things that we need to lay down. Whether it's distractions, whether it's comforts, whether it's securities, whether it's sins that we need to put to death, 
Whether it's certain relationships, that might be uh, romantic relationships that are just suffocating your life with God. And God is asking you to step away from it. Whether it's um, friendships or even family relationships that are are just doing harm to your walk with God. And and God would say, give less priority to that and, and more to him. Lord, would you convict us if there are relationships? And we need help. We need good counsel from friends in all of that. But would you lead us wisely? If there are careers that actually God would say you've, you've become too devoted to this and you need to lay it down. Whether it's just pulling back from your heart being so sewn into that that you forget that you're made for another world or whether it's even God might say I want you to, to hand in your notice because you need to step away, you need something fresh. Again, counsel, wisdom, but Lord, we want to follow you. whether you've got misaligned hopes and dreams that we need to lay down so that we might serve him better. There are many things that we must die to. I mean, for me, plenty of things that I need challenging on. I, I could easily just devote my life to playing video games and comfort and, and having an easy time. And it's so easy for me to not plan for evenings to have people over. It's, it's more simple in many ways. It's, it's easier just to shut people out. It's easier just to oversleep if I'm not disciplined with getting to bed on time. Then I'm not getting up to pray and to read. So many things that I, I need challenging on still. I need my brothers and sisters around me to, to push back on some of these things. We all need it. But we must recognize there are things that need putting to death. And there are things that God is calling us into. Into devotion to him and his kingdom. And the more we see of him, the more we count the cost worthwhile. The more we see of him, the more we see what's possible in his kingdom, the more we look at the other distractions and we're like, nah, it's just not going to cut it anymore. I want what God's got. I want what he promises. I want what he's selling. And friends, truly, we've been brought at a price. And to understand that is to recognize that our lives really aren't our own anyway. It's not that God wants us to, to think of our lives as, as mostly ours and then we give some of it to him. It's all his, bought and paid for at the cross with the blood of Jesus. It's really hard to live like it, isn't it? But he will give us strength. He will give us grace to do so. Seek to know him better. Devotion will grow. We'll see more his wisdom of laying up treasure in the kingdom to come, using time that others might come to know him, that we might hear his well done. We don't earn our salvation. It's a gift. It's a gift that causes us to desire to please him now and eternally. I've got a poem that uh, is based on quite an old poem. A guy called Bernard of Clooney wrote several hundred years ago. And I've been doing some, a bit of updating, partly just to take out some these and thous and things, make it more understandable for us, but it's, it's really speaking, it's called the celestial country, it's really speaking about what's coming, the great hope that we have as Christians, the, the great shaping hope that we've been given that transforms the way that we mean to live now, that kind of desire to fill our hearts with the, the longing and the joy for heaven. And so this is based on that, I'm going to read it through and I'll be about done. The world is full of evil. The hour is growing late. Stay sober and be watchful. The judge is at the gate. 
the judge who comes in mercy, the judge who comes with might to make an end of evil, to set the world to right, the just and gentle monarch shall call our bones to stand. Let guilty mortals tremble as they fall into his hand. Arise, arise then, child of God, live ready for the day. Seek first your father's kingdom as you follow Jesus' way. No more a child of darkness, put off the deeds of night. Get dressed, the king is coming back, the morning is in sight. The stars will fall from heaven, the sun and moon will dim. Upon the clouds of glory, see, at long, long last it's him. And those who wait in paradise will no more sleep in death. He speaks, each soul will raise to life and draw their first new breath. And not all sleep, but all will change when Jesus lights the sky. The perishing made perfect in the twinkling of an eye. Each body clothed with honour at the final trumpet's blast. Free from weakness, full of power, built to truly last. Then every senseless evil and every unsolved crime shall meet with perfect justice at God's appointed time. For all must stand before him, but not all stand the same. Your sins have been forgiven if you hope in Jesus' name. For justice must be answered, but in the Lamb we trust. Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, has died instead of us. And when the Son at last puts all his foes beneath his feet, when empires, powers, authorities are gathered in defeat, when death, the final enemy, is crushed beneath his tread, when Christ returns the kingdom to his Father as he said, then glories yet unheard of shall blaze from east to west. All questions find their answers in that endless day of rest. The faithful and the fallen, the lost and those who stand, the sheep flock and the goat herd will part ways on either hand, and those shall pass to punishment, and these at last come home. The trumpet sounds their welcome to the courts of Christ their own. Jerusalem demands them. On earth they paid the price, and now shall reap the harvest in the fields of paradise. The former earth and heaven pass away to be replaced, and both are made anew as God reveals that shining place where he will be his people, and he will gladly dwell. So we will be his people and he will gladly dwell and ever have the presence of our Lord Emmanuel. Where we shall see God's form, his face, where we shall hear his voice. Where every sound and sight will make the gathered saints rejoice. His power that has no limit, his wisdom beyond mind, his love that knows no sounding out, his grace for all mankind, his peace that fills the faithful, his calm that fills the blessed. His hope for every weary soul, divinest, sweetest, best. Yes, peace for war is over. Yes, calm for storm is past. And rest from finished labour and safe anchorage at last. Strive on to win that glory. Toil on to gain that light. Send hope ahead to grasp it till your hope gives way to sight. Till we should reach that mountain top where Jesus' feast is set. Where all desires are good desires and each of them is met. When all creation claps its hands, when thorns and thistles cease, when all our broken world regains its long-awaited peace, when creatures lost to history go padding past your view, extinction comes undone as our God makes them live anew. What joys could you imagine in the land he's making for us? To chatter with the animals, to ride a stegosaurus, an orchard full of bacon trees, a day of perfect rest. If you can dream of wonders, he can dream of better yet. And all the loaves we've broken, 
and all the cups we've poured, for all the times we've shared the meal in memory of our Lord, a better meal is waiting and a better wine is there, the all-surpassing banquet that the master longs to share. He drank last at the supper with the twelve, a chosen few. He drinks next at the wedding feast where everything is new. Brief life is here our portion. Sorry, I'm about halfway through. (laughs) Brief life is here our portion. Brief sorrow, short-lived care. The life that knows no ending. The tearless life is there. The life of finished labor, of rest for weary bones, where we will bathe our feet in living waters from the throne and live in peace as one, and with one voice we'll sing of grace. For all, for all who mourn their fall is one eternal place where all the petty pleasures of the body shall decay. The sore and trying struggles of the flesh shall pass away. The sins that so entangled you shall tangle you no more when all you weary voyagers set foot upon that shore. By faith we journey onward for the land for which we long, with all our hope and confidence in Father, Spirit, Son, the Father who adopted us, the Son, our living head, who rose in power and lives forever, firstborn from the dead, the Spirit who lives in us and who teaches us all things, the ever-worthy three-in-one, our life, our strength, our King, that faith is the assurance of the things we don't see yet, the Spirit's peace and comfort as we wade through fear and threat. And though the night is dark and though its terrors leave you worn, know this, he will return to bring us triumph with the dawn. We take to heart that promise. We fix it in our souls. We wait for angel trumpets when the thunder starts to roll. And every ear shall hear it. Behold the promised day. Behold your God in beauty now the old has passed away. And there is soaring music and life in fullest glow. And there the light is golden and the milk and honey flow. There Jesus shall embrace us. There Jesus be embraced. Where we shall see forever. Where we'll worship face to face. Where lovers sorely parted. And loved ones sorely grieved. At last are reunited. Aching hearts at last relieved. We'll see how all our cords of grief were woven through his plans. We'll find our joy and fullness when we reach our promised land. That land of glowing colour, of leaves that never wither, of cataracts of crystal flowing down through heaven's river. Beside those living waters, all the plants bloom great and small, the cedar of the forest, the hyssop of the wall. The trees of life rise golden from their ever-living roots, with healing for the nations in their boughs and leaves and shoots. We'll rest among their branches, we'll picnic at their feet, That fruit we lost in Eden will at last be ours to eat. We'll swim in those sweet waters. We will surf and sail and dive. We'll live one day among those banks, for Jesus is alive. O citadel of flowers, O city rich with green, ablaze with brilliant colour like no garden ever seen. The land where home and nature both can joyfully exist. No jungle on the earth could burst with so much life as this. Where heights are bright with jasper, and streets with emeralds blaze, and sapphires, topaz, rubies shine from all the roofs and lanes. The walls and ways are bonded with amethyst unpriced. The saints build up its fabric, and the cornerstone is Christ. The cross is all its splendor, the crucified its praise. His never-ending honor all his ransom people raise. Jesus, the gem of beauty, true God and man they sing. The never-failing garden, the ever-golden ring. 
the bread, the light, the shepherd, the bridegroom to his wife, the door, the resurrection, the way, the truth, the life. Each moment heaps up ever more thanksgiving for your lot. Each heartbeat calls to celebrate the life where death is not. And every new discovery and thrill and triumph sings the cross that was your saving, the wealth that is your king's, for more than gold and glory and more than life and love. There is one jewel that crowns the rest, one joy that towers above, one prize worth more than rubies, one pearl that stands apart, one hope, one bliss, oh, this alone can satisfy the heart to be with the Almighty, to know his arms around, to hear his voice of thunder and to marvel at the sound, to dwell with him who made you, to live where he too lives. God's presence is the very highest pleasure heaven gives. And now our hearts have heard of it, no other home will do. We ask no other paradise, except it be with you. We ask not for our merit, I seek not to deny. My merit was destruction, a child of wrath was I. My hope is only Jesus, who freed me from my doom. I know that in my father's house he's readied me a room, a place in heaven's city, oh better far than all. We see the master urge us on, we hear our lovers call. The end's already written. The battle has been won. The spirit living in us and the waiting bride say, come. Rejoice for he is with you. Rejoice for he is near. Rejoice the day approaches when the son of man appears. Rejoice, O dust and ashes. For God delights in thee. His only, his forever. You are and you shall be. Rejoice, O dust and ashes. The best is yet to start. His only, his forever, you shall be, and you are. For those who are not bothered about poetry, sorry it was twice as long as you hoped. For those for whom anything that we've shared this morning has been an encouragement, I just encourage you to lay hold of it. Keep pursuing God. He's worthy. I want to pray for some of us. If maybe the band could come back up. In a moment, I'm going to ask some people to stand. If either you have just been stirred by what we've been saying, singing, hearing about Jesus, about this Savior, and you would like to give your life to him. Might be for the first time, might be embarrassing, but I'm going to ask you to stand up. He asks much more of us in due course. But I'd encourage you to, to take that stand in a moment and say, yeah, I want him. I believe, I, help, me in, help me in all that I don't yet know, but I, I believe, I want to believe in him, I want to follow him, then we want to pray for you and uh, help you as you begin that journey. And then as well, for those who desire to devote themselves more to what God asks of them, who desire to know God better and to be more devoted to his kingdom, to these things, to, to the word, to hospitality, to breaking of bread, to prayer, to following him faithfully as his disciple. I'm going to ask you to stand as well and we're going to pray for you. So first, I want to encourage those who want to give their life to Jesus, perhaps for the first time, would you stand now if that's you?
It might be that there's no one here. That's fine. If there is someone here who uh, maybe you've kind of been half following him for some time, you know what, I've never really given my life to him and, and I want to do it. Maybe there's some people who are just on the edge of your seat. It's nervous, but you want to do it. I want to encourage you to stand. For any of those in the church family, anyone who desires to desire more of God and desire more what he wants of them, who desires to devote themselves more to his kingdom, would you stand up now? If you can't stand, if you're not able to, that, that's fine, but you can always raise your hand or something. We want to pray with you. And I'm going to encourage you, after we pray this morning, that this wouldn't be a, it's not one and done, we want to keep meeting. If you've got running partners, meet with them, talk about these things, ask for prayer. In your life groups, ask for prayer. If there's people here you've come with, and just keep asking. We need God's help. Holy Spirit, we've said already, you're welcome amongst us. Thank you, God, that you have made us fit and holy for you to dwell amongst What an astonishing gift. What a miracle. Praise you, Lord. For anyone here who is not sure if they have been filled, then we take you at your word. Jesus, you told us, if we ask, you will give. And so we want to ask again. And you may want to ask with me, Father, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Lord, we ask in faith. We trust that it's a prayer that you love to answer. And Father, we want to ask for uh, greater devotion. There's so much in your word that we look at and we think, oh, if only there's things that we look at in other Christians' lives and we think, if only I could live like that. I want to live that we hear the well done from God at the end of our lives. And that will look different for every one of us. You have different gifts, different uh, characters, different individual things that you can bring. We are a, a priesthood of all believers. We're not all the same. So... My gifts won't look the same as yours, but Lord, would you help us to use our gifts to the full? Would you help us to see you more clearly? Lord, when we go to read your word next, would you show us more of what you're like in a way that we've not seen before? When we pray, would you give us faith to believe that we are heard, that we are loved, that we are delighted in? Lord, when we come to break bread together and open our homes to one another, would there be uh, just True unity, delight in in hospitality and enjoying each other's company, Lord. Would you break down racial and social boundaries? Would you break down boundaries of sinfulness and laziness and all the rest? And would you show us how you mean us to live and cause us to live that way? By your spirit living in us, by your word, through prayer, through the encouragement of others, Lord, would you change us and bless us and use us for your glory and for our good? Lord, we trust that you hear us when we pray and that you act upon it. We love you. Amen.